guys, my name is Eden Richardson and I'm the Discipleship Director here at First Baptist Rock Hill. Thank you for tuning in to this week's message from our pastor. We are so excited for what God's going to teach you through His Word today. Be sure to also like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And we can't wait to see what God does in your life through this message. You know, one of the great, great truths in life is that if you seek God with sincerity and faith, you will find him because he's already looking for you. And that's what salvation is. God looked for you. Jesus came for you. And if you just lift up your eyes and say, Jesus, I receive you, you find him. And I want to talk about salvation this morning and, and just kind of give you an overview of it. But to start, I'd like to do a survey. I want you to go back in your memory to that moment in time when you became a follower of Christ. When you committed your life to Jesus, how old were you? Where were you? Just remember that. Let's do a quick survey, okay? If you were, let's say, 12 or younger when you gave your life to Jesus, would you stand 12 or younger when you got saved? Go ahead and stand up quickly, everyone. Amen. And, and this is why our children's ministry and parents, you discipling your children is so important. Probably close to half the room is standing right now, meaning they were saved as elementary children and younger. Thank you. And you can be seated. If you were saved as a teenager, would you stand as a teenager? Amen. So, so many of you. And we're grateful for Cole and Grant and our, and our ministry to students and teens and college students here. Thank God for you. And, and, and it also is why we need to be praying for those ministries and doing everything we can to, to resource those, those ministries. Thank you. And you can be said, if you were in your 20s or 30s when you became a follower of Christ, go ahead and stand up. Aren't you glad God didn't give up on you after you got out of high school? So thankful that you know Jesus and you are here. Thank you, and you can be seated. What about 40s and 50s? Come on, 40s and 50s. There's a few of us, okay. Amen, amen. It's never too late, is it? All right, thank you. Now, 60 and older when you became a follower. 60 and older. 60 and older. We had a few in our 830 service. Now, do you see the pattern? You see the pattern? And by the way, this is, this is addition to my sermon. Parents, don't wait until you are established financially to make Jesus the focus of your life. And don't wait until later to begin discipling your kids because what this illustrates is if you wait, it may be too late all right that's free now today's message i want to talk about salvation and, and I, what i want to do is 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 give you kind of a an overview is uh, think of it like a, a survey if you've ever flown in a small plane say a cessna or something and you know you, you're up 2,000 3,000 4,000 feet whatever uh, 1,500 feet and you're flying around and I remember the first time I flew over this property back in the 90s when we bought it before anything was built here or flying over the the property where we would eventually build our house you just get a different perspective right you're up there and you're looking down and you see the relationship that connect you just see things differently than when you're on the ground that's what I want to do this morning with salvation 
with, with becoming a follower of Christ. And I want to take a few moments and just kind of give you an overview. And really it will encapsulate the, the story of the Bible. We're going to do it in the book of Romans. So go ahead and open your Bible to the first chapter of Romans. Let me see your copy of God's Word. Hold it up. You got it with you? Amen. Thank you. Always, always bring God's Word with you to church on Sundays. And I want to give you an overview, and I'm going to use the whiteboard today. And so this message is going to be a little bit different than, than I normally do. I'm not going to focus on one particular passage. Just think of this as a biblical survey to, uh, to kind of put in perspective what it means to be a follower of Christ and how that happens. And, and I think this is an opportunity for some of you to learn how to, how to share the story of Jesus with other people too from what we do today. And I want to begin this way and uh, just, just remind us that God created this big, old, beautiful world. Don't you love my art? Isn't that a great circle? That's, that's planet Earth. There you go. That's the ocean. Just a beautiful, beautiful world God created. And, you know, think about the things in this world that you love. I mean, people, experiences, places you've been, uh, just things that are absolutely gorgeous. And, you know, I, I can remember, you know, visiting Niagara Falls and being on the boat and getting wet and then being in Africa and Victoria Falls. And those, I mean, those two things, as I can picture them in my mind, side by side, I mean, it's spectacular. And, and I'm just reminded of, of the great of God's power just just beautiful or uh, I've mentioned before I love visiting the Grand Canyon been there more than once and you stand on the south rim and you look at it and words I mean if you've been there there's no way to describe it. It's, it you just stand there in silence and my favorite view of the Grand Canyon we were flying from Chicago to Hawaii years ago and we were ahead of schedule and I remember the, the pilot got permission, and, and, and we're in this big plane, and, and he does this. We're over the Grand Canyon, okay? We're over the Grand Canyon, and he does this, and he does that. And for, you know, uh, just a few moments, we get the most spectacular view of the Grand Canyon I've, I've, I've ever, ever seen. And you look and you say, wow, God, wow. It's like Leanna Crawford's song a few months ago, how can you not see God? You know, astronomers helping us uh, discover more about the universe God created than ever and the, the pictures we get from the satellites and you see how big and how and it's just and that's, that's why so many of them believe that this is not an accident there had to be some kind of divine being some kind of intelligent design behind all of that because it's just the more we discover about this beautiful big complex expanding universe it's just it's, 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 it's God it's just spectacular here in uh, South Carolina, we have uh, s some gorgeous sunsets, don't we? And um, my uh, family, they, they've sent some pictures this week back in Kentucky. Uh, this is cool weather. They're having cold weather. And um, sent me some pictures, and the Kentucky River's frozen over, and it's covered with snow, and it's just beautiful. And it got me, when I saw that, it got me thinking about when I was younger back home, and, and we'd wake up in the morning, and it would have snowed six, eight inches that night, and, and everything's just quiet. Some of the most peaceful, still, beautiful, quiet moments I've ever known in my life are those big snow mornings to get a cup of coffee and the, the Bible and, and just look at it and think, wow, God, you made a, 
a beautiful world. Now, I know in a few days, once people start getting out, the snow will get muddy and dirty, and then it's ugly. But initially, it's just, it's just beautiful. Or, you know, sometimes I, I'll get back in bed in the middle of the night. I'm 66, so you never make it through the whole night. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you will one day. And uh, I'll get back in bed, and I'll look over there, and Monisa's asleep, and I just think, wow, God, you're good. Well, the first time you hold your baby, your child, and the first time you hold your grandchild, it's just, it's just so much spectacular. God created a beautiful world, and I want you to think about the things in it that you find beautiful that bless you and make you smile. Take a minute and real quickly, tell the person beside you something that you find beautiful in this world God made. Go ahead and tell them. Share it with them right now. What, what do you find beautiful? Makes you smile. Now, I want you to think about something. Romans chapter 1, Romans chapter 1 in verse 20, verse 20 says, since, since, since creation of the world, since the very beginning, since the creation of the world, his, God's invisible attributes, his eternal power, his divine nature, have been clearly seen, they've been visible, they've been evident, being understood. We understand the power of God, the divine nature of God, the greatness of God. We understand it through what has been made. I mean, you just, you just look and say, wow, God, God. And do you know one of the beautiful things God created in this world? is you Genesis chapter 1 after God had created this beautiful world it was time for him to create create us humanity and 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 he said I'm going to create you in my image male and female he created us in his image we are not part of the animal kingdom as biologists like to say the truth is God said you are unique and different because you and you alone as human beings are created in my likeness created in my image and there's something beautiful about you that you don't see anywhere else in the universe now let that sink in and yet, like the fresh, the fresh fallen snow that is white, undisturbed and beautiful after a few days is marred and muddy and dirty and ugly, that happens to this beautiful world. It happens to us as beautiful creation as people. And that's the next thing I want you to see, that this beautiful world God created is broken by our sin. 
This universe is broken. You and I are broken because of our sin and other people's sin. It's, 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 it's beauty mixed with ugly. There's the, there's the reflection of the goodness of God, but there's reflection of the pain and the damage and the hurt and the evil of sin in the midst of it all. Two weeks ago on Sunday evening during our leadership rally, Melissa Liu was here and shared her story from when she was, I forget her exact age, early teenager, older child, I forget right now. Uh, but anyway, she was at a Christian leadership camp. Think about this, a Christian leadership camp for students. When a man who was a, a member and volunteer in her church and a teacher in the public school she attended at that camp abused her and that's the brokenness that, that messes up this beautiful world God made I think about broken children broken families broken marriages because of sin Monday we had almost 800 people in here at the 21st annual MLK prayer breakfast and Benjamin Watson did a great job speaking and I think about the brokenness in our culture between races between this group and, and that group and, and it seems like it's so bad today but you know I, I, I can I'm, I'm old enough I remember the race riots of the 60s when, when Detroit and Los Angeles burned I remember all the protest and, 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 and the anger in the early 70s over the Vietnam War and soldiers coming home and people spitting on them. And on and on we can go. It's, it's the brokenness of relationships, the, the, the enmity between one group and another, between one person and another, all of the anger. Mm the hatred crime when I was a kid on the phone we didn't worry about locking the house we'd, we'd go we'd leave for the day and leave the doors open and the windows up man if I'm home watching TV by myself now the door's locked it's the brokenness sin has created generational poverty can it be overcome yes but it's a challenge it's hard And in, in today's culture, all the, the confusion and the, 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 the perversion when it comes to sex and identity. And, and then, then there's the brokenness of the universe, of nature, of the earth, the planet, and natural disasters. A year and a half ago when my hometown was severely flooded and hundreds of homes lost, never to be rebuilt. How many of you remember when Hurricane Hugo blew through Rock Hill? And we, we hear so much with the media today about tornadoes and other disasters, we become numb to it. But people's lives are ruined, damaged, and scarred, and it's the brokenness, the brokenness, the brokenness that, that sin just keeps creating. And in Romans 3, 23, the Bible says, all have sinned 
and come short of the glory of God. And that little word all includes you and me. And each of us individually have contributed to this brokenness. Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death. The paycheck, the consequence, what we earn because of all this sin is death. It is brokenness. It is ruin. It's physical death and it's spiritual death, separation from God. And it's eternal death, separation from God forever in hell. It's not what God does. It's what we have created. It's what we've done to this beautiful world, to this beautiful body, to this beautiful life by our sin. Sin brings death and disease and we can't stop it. We can't fix it on our own. I, this, this week earlier, my sister sent me a, a photograph. I, I haven't told y'all this in this service, have I? Okay, I sometimes forget if I have or not with three services. My sister sent me a photograph from, oh, 20, 22, 23, 24 years ago. And our son, Stephen, was maybe 14, 15, I don't know, something like that. And his cousin, Brian, a year older, older, older than him. And they're standing on the beach down here at Myrtle Beach and the ocean's behind them. And in between them is mom. And when I saw that picture, it was, it was for just a moment like a shock to my system. Because she looked so different in that photograph than the way she looks now in the nursing home. Seldom getting out of bed. And and they don't seem like the same person. It's the the brokenness of sin that that separates us uh, from one another, that separates us from God, that, that, that diminishes the beauty God created in the world and in in us. And, and we, there's nothing we can do to, to fix that on our own. I can't fix mom. And, and when we do fix things, it tends to be temporary, right? I have a cousin in Louisville, my dad's first cousin, Charles. You know, good memories of him growing up. And when I'm in Louisville, I'll go see him. And he's in his 80s and... He, uh, over the last year, had cancer, and people prayed and clean bill of health. And then Sally, his wife, was texting with me this week, and he's now eaten up with cancer, and it's just a matter of time. It's a temporary fix. Eventually, death will claim me. Death will claim you. Death will in time claim every person you love. You can't stop it. You can't fix it. It's part of the the brokenness of this world that sin has created. And man, that can make you feel pretty hopeless, can't it? Make you feel so powerless. But I have good news. God, who created this beautiful world that our sin broke, still loves us in spite of it. And that's good news.
that in spite of all this, God still loves you and me and everyone else. That's why he sent his son who lived a sinless life but died on the cross to, to, to take the, the paycheck, the wages that were rightfully yours. He took them himself on that cross. Why? He loves you. Wants to spiritually restore you and fix the, the separation between you and God that sin created. And at the second coming and the resurrection, when he remakes the universe, fix the brokenness in this world that sin created. All because he loves you and wants to give you peace. Peace. Romans chapter 5, verse 8 in your Bible there. God demonstrates, proves, shows his own love for us. How? In that, this way, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While, we were, while you were still a sinner, Christ died for you. He did not wait for you to take initiative, to take the first step, to do something good, to kind of say, okay, he's worth loving, he's worth dying for. No, he simply chose in the midst of all the brokenness to love you and give himself for you and in, in, to, to fix what our sin ruined. People sometimes look at this broken world and they say, where's God? Because it, it, it can't be me, it can't be us, it can't be humanity that did this. Where's God? Because there's no way we can be responsible. How can we blame ourselves for our decisions? How can we blame ourselves for our sin? How, how can humanity be responsible for its own sin? So the argument, so where's God? You know where God is? He's here. Who says, I'm going to, I'm going to wrap my arms around that big old beautiful world that you made a mess of and, and I'm going to pour my heart out in love and I'm going to love you in spite of it and give you the opportunity to be restored, to be fixed, to be healed. But climbing on that cross and taking on myself what belonged to you, the wages of your sin, that's love. You, where's God? Look at the cross. Where's God? Look at Jesus. Send his son to take our place. There's an old there's an old Chinese legend. Okay, it's just a legend, but it but it beautifully makes the point. And this legend says that one day Jesus was walking around heaven and he and he he, he comes across Lucifer, Satan who has a cage in his hand and Jesus says what 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 do you have there Lucifer and he says I've got <laughs> I've got humanity I've got I've got people and Jesus says what are you going to do with them and Lucifer smiles and he says well you know I'm going to promise them all kinds of stuff but it's really a lie because in the end <laughs> they're going to find out I'm nothing but a liar and I'm going to break their heart and damn their souls to hell forever 
And Jesus says, well, I'd like to have them. And Lucifer says, you don't want them. They won't keep their word. Every promise that they make, they'll break. And Jesus says, yeah, I, I, I want them. I love them. I know how many hair on their head. I, I know everything about them. I, I love them. I, I want them. And he says, no, you don't. They'll, they'll lie to you, Jesus. They'll, they'll go back on their commitments. They'll walk on your blood. They'll curse your name. And Jesus says, no, I, I love them so much that I, I, I want them anyway. And Satan, according to the legend, says, well, you'll have to pay. I'm not going to just give them to you. And Jesus said, all right, I'll give, tell you what, I'll give you gold. I'll give you all the gold that's ever been found in any gold rush down there on earth. Nah, not enough. I'll, I'll give you all the diamonds found on every continent. Not enough. I'll give you rubies, all the rubies that can be found anywhere in the whole universe. And Satan said, not enough. And Jesus said, name your price. Lucifer said, I want gold, all right. I want the gold of your heart. I want diamonds, all right. I want the diamonds of your tears. I want rubies, all right. I want the rubies of your blood. I want you, Jesus, on a cross. You won't pay it. according to the legend without speaking a word Jesus began to lay aside the regal robes of royalty left heaven and stepped into earth through the, ver- through the, through the womb of a virgin and lived a perfect sinless life and then hung on a cross becoming sin for us dying and then being raised from the dead for us so that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life so that this mess our sin created, this brokenness that resulted from humanity's sin, the love of God said, I'm going to fix that because you can't and you won't. So I will. Wow. What a God. One last thing. With all that being true, you and I, you and I individually must choose to trust, to believe in Jesus. And that's how it gets fixed. That's how the brokenness becomes beauty we we can't save ourselves we can't we can't earn it if it's your birthday and i'm giving you a gift brother tom and i offer you a gift 
You just take it. You don't pull out your wallet and pay me for it because if you do, it's no longer a gift. You just take it and say, thank you. And that verse a moment ago in Romans 6, 23, the wages of sin is death, goes on to say, but the gift of God, some translations say the, the free gift of God is eternal life. through Jesus Christ our Lord and and he says I want to give you the gift of eternal life it's what he purchased for us on the cross I want to give you the gift you can't earn it you don't pay him for it through baptism and good works you just receive it you accept it and your baptism you serving him and serving people loving God and loving people and 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 living righteously it's not you earning it it's you saying thank you thank you thank you thank you for the gift we usually put our gifts in a package i know it's real popular right now to give gift cards right we usually put them in an envelope and and to get the gift card you have to take the envelope because it's inside uh, christmas presents we like to wrap them now i'm old-fashioned I, I still want my gifts in a box with traditional christmas paper i know you ladies like the bags with all that fluffy fluffy puffy puff, uh, paper and stuff that's fine that's fine but we put our gifts in a bag or a box and we give them and to get the gift on the inside you have to take the package right because the gift is in the package the gift of God is eternal life through in Jesus Christ our Lord you can't get eternal life without taking Jesus eternal life is in him it's through him there's no way to have it without him without jesus that's the reason jesus himself said and you've heard this a thousand times i am the way i am the truth i there's no other way no one comes to the father except th there's no other way no other name under heaven given among men the book of access whereby we must be saved life eternal life forgiveness restoration peace is in him and so we we have to believe in in him romans 10 in your bible verse 9 says that if you confess with your mouth that jesus is lord and believe with your heart that god raised him from the dead you will be saved confessing with your mouth saying it speaking it affirming it to God when you pray and commit your life to him and ask him to save you and forgive you confessing him publicly before others when you are baptized and as you live for him and believing in your heart fully trusting saying Jesus I acknowledge that you not just our Lord of the universe you are my Lord you are my Lord, and, and I trust you. I believe you with all my heart, just like the chair you're sitting in. You didn't even have, you had absolutely no doubt when you sat down, that chair's going to hold me up. You didn't even think about it. Until you sit down in Jesus, you don't really believe in Jesus. And, until you 
make the decision, I confess you, Jesus. I acknowledge you, Jesus. I welcome you, Jesus. And then you sit down. That's trust. That's belief. When you give yourself to him. That's true faith. That's true belief. And many of you, have done that you were you were standing moments ago i did it when i was eight i did it when i was 17 i did it when i was 37 whatever the the age but there are some of you who have never never done that and you are still living in all of the black the broken world and you haven't allowed the red of jesus blood to fix it in your life yet and that's the last thing I want to say is you need to call on the Lord. You need to call on Jesus. Chapter 10, verse 13 in Romans, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. He's, he's, he's looking for you. He, he's seeking you. Just lift up your head, open your eyes and seek him and say, here I am, Jesus. I'm coming to you. I receive you. I give myself to you and I'm not ashamed. And he welcomes you. And you become his, his family. I want us to stand to our feet all over the room, every person standing. And Hunter, in a moment, is going to lead us in singing a song, and pastors are going to be here at the front. And those of you who've already become a follower of Christ are invited to come and pray for yourself to be bold in witnessing to pray for people by name who are not following Jesus to prepare yourself to take the Lord's Supper but those of you standing right now and you would say pastor <laughs> I'm still in the brokenness of sin I've not confessed Jesus as my Lord I've not received him as my Lord I've not asked for his forgiveness I've not accepted him and his gift of eternal I'm not following Jesus but I want to and I'm going to right now this moment can be the time when everything changes for you and whatever your age is you can write somewhere in your Bible on January 21 2024 when I was 17 years old or 47 years old I confessed Jesus as my Lord and Savior and was born again but you must make the decision. So let's bow our heads and close our eyes. And if you'd like to make that decision to become a follower of Jesus and confess him as your Lord right now, pray your own prayer to him there in the silence of your heart and mind. Whisper to him, talk to him right now. Pray something like, Lord, I don't know you and I'm broken by sin. I'm not ready for death or eternity. But I want to be. I know you love me and died for me. So right now to you, Jesus, I acknowledge you as my Lord. I accept you as my Savior. I receive your gift of eternal life. Please forgive me for all my sin and save me. Teach me to love you. Teach me to serve you. Give me courage to live for you. Strengthen me to never be ashamed of you.
and thank you for doing all of this. Amen.